Dallas and the Chargers set an NFL first last Sunday. The Ravens flip past the Chiefs. And Adam Gase must not have been the only problem for those sorry New York Jets. Welcome to Saturday Morning Inspection. Crazy week two of football we just had. I can't believe how many nail-biter games there were and how many comeback stories there were from teams who fell short in week one. I tell you what, it was a great weekend, and I know it was a great weekend for you being a Ravens fan, great weekend for me being a Cowboys fan. Hey, it's like Madden always said, winning's a great deodorant. I, I tell you what, I think we both smell pretty good today. How about you? I believe that, but you know who absolutely stinks? Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Six. I know Bill Belichick is hard to play against as a rookie, but six picks so far, four picks, and they were horrendous picks. He was throwing them to nobody. It was as, you know, the famous Jets line, he was seeing ghosts out there. Oh, he was he was awful. And I, I tell you what, we all thought Adam Gase may have been the problem. Maybe it was Sam Darnold. Tell you what, Darnold's looking pretty good. And like yeah. you said, Wilson stinks. Six yeah. picks, first two starts. Whew. So Gase may not have been the problem for the Jets, but he definitely looks like he was the problem for Darnold because the Panthers look strong. Oh, yeah. I'm saying I mean, a 2-0 start, and they they just look very competent as a team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're explosive. We saw them week one. They looked explosive last weekend. Christian McCaffrey's a baller. He's making plays, running the football, receiving out of the backfield. That defense is a little bit better than we thought. Now, it is after two games against two not great opponents. They look good. They look like a potential contender. And we alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the Cowboys-Chargers game, something very interesting happened. In NFL first, the 14-11 halftime score has never happened before which I found incredibly hard to believe, and the announcer of the game did as well. Well, it is Romo, right? So you know he's he's got a few hits to the head. He he had the fumbled snap. So sometimes you got to worry about his concentration and maybe his focus, he was just like not wanting a cowboy record to be without him. I I could see that Romo's that kind of guy. I mean, you look at Jessica Simpson. I I don't think she's been the same ever since Romo uh, Romo and her didn't work out. You know, I I don't know why, but like yesterday, I actually looked through a list of his former girlfriends. It's an A-list cast, man. Oh, it is. Carrie Underwood, it's... apparently Britney Spears at one point in time, Jessica Simpson. I think there's one more that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but uh, he's with a model now, I believe. Yeah, well, it's not quite Derek Jeter level, right? Derek yeah. Jeter was legendary. But, I mean, it's it's very, very impressive. And I think the thing with Romo that we all can agree happened is he peaked really early. Like, a superstar. He was king of the world, A-list, like you said. Then the fumbled snap, a couple eight and eights, and then suddenly the shine wore off. And, well, you know, now it's Dak's time to shine. So we're all waiting on Dak to see. uh, And one thing you would always say, I believe, and I could have this absolutely wrong. Was it that Roma wasn't good in the pocket and he was only good when he scrambled outside the pocket? Or I believe you would say when he would scramble outside of the pocket, you'd always like throw a pick. Yeah. So he was hyper aggressive turnover machine. Right. And, and, the thing with Romo is people talk about how smart he is as an announcer and how like he can predict the future. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm just shocked because I was appalled by how many times he would throw bad passes into tight coverage and, and be really aggressive at the worst times. 
it, it was he was a guy that just could not take care of the football managed game made a lot of really exciting plays and was fun to watch if you you know weren't rooting for him but it was he was just a heart attack you know in the pocket all the time heart attack outside the pocket too like he was just a gambler then speaking of heart attacks moving from your fandom to mine the ravens beat the chiefs and i never doubted them for a second yeah so Maybe 30 seconds into the game, I'm sitting there with my fiance and my phone buzzes and I look at it and it's, you know, it says, I am having no fun right now. It's from you. I'm like, that's weird. And then I look up and I guess was, I was on a little bit of a delay in the DVR. And then I saw that first pick six to Matthew. I'm like, yep, that's a, it's going to be one of those nights, I guess. But Hey, they, uh, they kept battling. After the picks, they moved in and being completely honest after the picks, they moved the ball incredibly well that the chiefs have always had our number three years in a row they've beat us and it's always been close except for one year it was not close but they moved the ball incredibly well passing and running but the i was very certain we would win until we gave the ball back to the chiefs and i knew for certain that they were going to get that field goal until odafe owe the literal hero of baltimore came strip sack the running or it's not a strip sack but you know he stripped the ball out of the running back's arms and recovered it himself and saved the city of baltimore well so as you know i i live near baltimore i actually live in baltimore city and uh it's interesting explode well it's it's interesting right so the the powers that be in the city actually they didn't give him the key to the city because i guess baltimore doesn't have a key uh they literally just gave him the entire inner harbor. So he is now actually the fifth wealthiest man in the world. It's oh, wow. very impressive. Harbor Master Odafe Owe. What yeah. a great <laughs> title. You know, that's that was a guy. Okay, so uh, and we'll refer to these guys a little later and in, in the show, but uh you've had these guys come out of Ohio State lately, like the surefire defensive ends. You had uh your Bosa's and then you had your Chase Young, and they're all great. But you also had some great edge rushers coming out of Penn State, okay? But Yatur Gross Matos last year came out, and he's been so-so for the Panthers. So when I saw uh, we get away from Penn State, I was like, ah, eh, maybe, you know, they don't play the greatest competition. But he seems really good so far. He's already got a couple sacks. And that was yeah, like one not coming out of school. He didn't have enough sacks. Yeah, I mean, it's like we talked about last week. Sometimes it's about the scheme, right, being put in the right position. You know, it's like it's like Parsons with Dallas. I mean, the guys drafted oh, as a linebacker. He was nasty at defensive end. They couldn't block him. I, I was stunned. He was a wrecking crew. He's like and, actually looks like a natural born defensive end. Yeah, he may. He probably will play that a lot more the rest of the year. And, you think uh, they'll just like move. permanently move him there, or who knows? I don't know. I think it depends how good their other linebackers. Well, Lawrence. Well, he's not obviously not Lawrence, but who's on the other side? So Randy Gregory um, from Iowa. Nebraska, Nebraska. Big, big 10 guy. Um, he's, he's a guy who's gotten in trouble a few times with, uh, with uh, marijuana and similar kind of suspensions. And, but he's a, he's a decent pass rusher, not great against the run. They got a couple other run stoppers, but defensive line outside of Lawrence, they weren't very deep. So kind of excited to see Micah Parsons. He's he came very out and, big, just athlete, athlete, oh, just, just every a, position. A, oh yeah. He plays everywhere and just runs around. He's got a great motor, made a lot of plays. And uh, it's fun to watch, man, especially after getting that win. And then moving on to later in the week, Rodgers is all the way back. The Doubters have been silenced. Uh, Aaron Jones is a monster. You know, four touchdowns. I think he scored like 46-something fantasy points. 
So those guys are always happy. But uh, he said, he came on McAfee's show, and he said, guys, relax. I'm not worried about it. And he wasn't worried about it. Well, I guess it's okay to say you're not worried about it when you play the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if he was playing Kansas City or maybe Baltimore or something like that, he may have been a little worried about it. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to relax when you've got a – when you've got Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and a team that's trying to win three or four games this year, you know, at home next on your schedule. Yeah, that that was interesting. Um, but you know, maybe they just need a little bit of time to click because he's been gone all off season. So um, that could have been part of the problem. Next, yeah. or go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You're good. I was gonna say next another interesting triage of news that we have received. Um. Peyton Manning was offered a stake in the Broncos organization as a uh, owner, and he was offered a management position as well. He has not. We have not heard what those numbers are. If that was official, I heard that was the case, but um, that's very interesting. And. I just want to clarify, because I think it's important today's day and age, minds that we, we be very deliberate and honest with these news breaking information, because it's really, really important, especially everything going on in the world. Uh, for those of you that attended uh, Peyton Manning's alma mater, Tennessee, uh, when we say he was offered a steak, it does not mean he was offered a ribeye or a sirloin at a nice restaurant in Denver. We Absolutely. Mean- yeah, I think it's very important we make it clear he was offered to be an owner of the Denver Broncos, not a stake. It is very important to be different. But he doesn't of- own the players. He owns, like, part of the team. He's like a – yeah, it's like a stockholder on this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't actually own the players. You won't see uh, – he Them, won't be – like cutting his grass or cleaning his pool. Right, yeah. or, or or joining the Monday Night Football cast to, to shine his shoes or set up his equipment, right? So two key things there. He's just – owns some uh an ownership stake like his own stock in the company in the broncos and he is not getting a ribeye uh from denver so for all of you in knoxville i, I want to clear that up because i know there's probably a lot of confusion going on there yes uh similarly to that which is this part it makes it way more interesting and i don't know how to um go about this jeff bezos is also rumored to be interested in buying the Broncos as a team for $4 billion approximately, which what I read was 2% of his net worth. And that is the equivalent of the average median household paying $2,500. So like going on a small vacation, this is just Jeff Bezos, uh, F you money. Uh, here's $4 billion. Just, you know, I've, I've earned it. Like you said, I earned it. Let's just buy the Denver Broncos. Well, and it's just a different way of thinking, I guess, right? When, when most people, right, when they think of it, they're like, you know, I've, I've had a good week, I've had a good year. It's time for me to take a week off and go to a ski lodge with my family. Bezos looks around. It's like, I've had a good year. You know, I made $10 billion. I went to outer space. I deserve a week off. So uh, I'm going to buy the Denver Broncos. Absolutely. But so, the final uh, triage of that information, which may be why he's trying to get into it so much, Maybe get a little extra vote in the owner's box. Amazon has been rumored to have offered $2.5 billion to buy the streaming rights to Sunday uh, NFL Sunday ticket games, which I personally think would be incredible. 
because I don't have DirecTV. I would love to have Sunday Ticket, and I would pay a hefty sum to be able to stream Sunday Ticket games, like any game I want to. It's a shame I can't see every Baltimore game. Of course, I would never illegally watch them on the internet, but no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, that would be crazy, but uh, I, I think it, would, it streaming is the future, and they need to, the NFL has been archaic. They need to get with the times on that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I remember as a little kid growing up, I would, you know, mow lawns and do chores and stuff like that to save up money for Sunday ticket. So I, I grew up in Florida. So I got to watch a lot of the, the Jaguars and, and that on TV all the time. Oh, which I, hate, I hated it. And so, <laughs> so I actually saved up and my parents would get Sunday ticket and I'd, I'd pay them, obviously. So I'm, I'm 100% about this. Um, I, I just can't wait to see like the Amazon Prime membership, like, you know, you, you order, you know, four textbooks and a, uh, a plushie doll and you get to watch, you know, chiefs Patriots for free the next week. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for those deals. That's, those, that's that'll the, be good. You that's know. the kind of economy I can get uh, buy one, get one NFL Sunday ticket game for free. Oh yeah. And, and like, <laughs> I kind of hope, right. That they set it up where, Hey, if you don't sign up for Amazon prime, you have to watch like chiefs. I'm sorry. Uh, like, like Browns Bengals. Yeah. Like some watch, terrible like, game. Yeah, you have to watch like Houston, Detroit or would something you, like that. Would you like yeah. to hear my crazy conspiracy theory that ties all three of these together? Yeah, go ahead. So I feel Peyton Manning gets hired by the Broncos as maybe like a GM or some, some heir apparent there. Then Jeff Bezos buys the Broncos, and he's been pushing this move, okay? He wanted Peyton to be in charge. Now Jeff Bezos hires Peyton Manning at Amazon. And then Amazon buys out Papa John's and all other uh, uh, nationwide insurance, every other company. They're just trying to monopolize here. I think that's, I think you're really honest something there. You know, Amazon is always expanding into new businesses. I mean, I would go, you know, even further, right? I mean, I think, I think, pay, I think you kind of hit on it earlier when we talked about the ownership stake. Like, I think Amazon is trying to give Own the NFL. Manning ownership. Well, they're trying to offer Peyton Manning an ownership stake, maybe, uh, or or the Broncos are. Amazon's gonna buy Denver and then buy the Manning family. Yeah, all of them. All of like them. Omaha Productions will be an Amazon company. It will be an Amazon company, and Arch Manning he won't be going to college. He'll be going to play on the Amazon Primes, where it's just or him. or uh, now that college players can be paid. He's going to be the official college spokesperson for Amazon, you know, handing out free Amazon uh, book uh, vouchers to all of his teammates. Like, hey, guys, go same, sign up for Amazon Prime. Yeah. If, if that happens, Arch Manning may make $50 million as a freshman in college. I could see it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's enough of our uh, crazy theories and uh, review of last week. I think that was good. Uh, you got a question you want to ask me, possibly. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the week again. So here we go. This is our trivia segment. So I'm going to ask you a question. You get five seconds to answer. If you don't get it after five, I'll give you a hint. Then you have three seconds. And if you don't, then you've been stumped. You are a dummy. If you get it right, then I'm the dummy. You're smarter than me. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So this is going to be a who am I? Okay. So okay. I'm going I'm to give you three sentences. And the fourth is going to be the hint if you don't get it. Who am I? I was a famous football player for Oklahoma in the 1980s. I go by a nickname that sounds similar to my name. It's cut short by three letters. 
I was famously run over on Monday Night Football by Bo Jackson. I know who it is. Boss. Brian or uh Brian Bosworth? Yep, you got it. Good but job. I knew his name was the boss. Yeah. And man, that guy I watched that uh was it thirty for thirty? Yeah. That was crazy. He he had a he had a meteoric uprise and then a hellacious fall from grace. Yeah, I mean, it, it was he was one of those first celebrity athletes, right? I mean, we kind of have a lot what, of them. What was now. that protest that he did in college that was so controversial? Well, he wore like a T-shirt. Like, yeah, it was which, like a. Like he was like suspended from the NCAA for like taking money or something like that. And he wore like a, a an anti-NCAA T-shirt or something like that There's before like the Orange Bowl. Something dumb. But yeah, just something really stupid. Anyways, we have now stimulated our brains enough to get into our deep dive topic of the week and brian bosworth what a great question or person to lead us into the next one because i'm pretty sure uh he was part of this conversation now our topic is should peds be allowed in the nfl and i think before we get into this we should clarify what exactly are peds and i have a little uh i have the top five most used peds in the nfl today and those are number one being marijuana number two stimulants or amphetamines number three uh, anabolic steroids number four are diuretics and number five is human growth hormones or hgh those are the five most there is like a list of over 200 some odd banned substances is pretty insane. Um, and it's not a substance. It's like a chemical. It's not just like, oh, you can't take uh, C4 pre-workout. It's no, this chemical that's probably in everything is banned. Uh, you want to take us from there? Yeah. So on that, and that's that goes back to, you know, when I when I played in college, we had every year. Uh, one of our meetings in training camp is with our training staff, right? And they would get up and explain, hey, if you go to GNC and you buy something, before you take one little ounce of it, show it to us. Because like you said, it, it has nothing to do with the, the brand or the name or anything like that. It's just these chemicals. And it, it, it's tied to some arbitrary list that someone has decided for some reason is now a performance enhancer. I mean, it can be in some protein powder that you buy for $30 a jug at GNC has like eight banned substance in it that no one knows what they are. No one even knows how to pronounce their names. And it's just, if you get caught, if you get tested, get caught, you get suspended and you don't have any recourse because well, it's, on, it's on a list. And it's how like, could you not know about aminoglutamide or anastrozole, uh, clofamine, uh, exostane, phadrazole? I mean, those are very common things. You should be able to, to know what those are. Yeah, there, there, there's there's no way, right? I mean, especially when you're, you know, I, I considered myself kind of a, a, a pseudo intellectual football player. But when you look around a locker room, right, even the smartest of us are, are total meatheads. So, yeah, you know. I know the guys that were on the team uh, and a few of them, if you would have asked uh, uh, one of your teammates in particular, uh, hey, do you know what, you know, Lestrozole is, they might they would have absolutely no idea. No. They would say it was a bird. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, or they think it was a new shot you could buy at the, the bar. It's like, And I think that is a great point. Uh, and it goes 
to me is one of my ways of thinking is so I'm not right now. I'm not going to be clear one way or the other on wh- whether I think you should ban him or not. So we're going to work towards that. One thing I do feel strongly about is you should not be able to go to Walmart and buy something off the shelf and be penalized for something that is massly available to the general public. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's... Whatever's in those things aren't helping you that much. Well, yeah. I mean, it all started, I think, right? You, You look back to things like steroids or things to get people all like buff and an extra competitive advantage. That was the whole point. You know, it's... But now it's just evolved into just a chunk of 500 chemicals that are considered bad, you know, yeah. it's, it's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense how, you know, like you said, I can go to the gummy vitamin aisle in Walmart, pick up a bottle for $4 and that would fail a drug test NCAA or NFL drug test. It's just, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I think it, it's like any sort of like rule or regulation, right? It was started with a good idea and then you put people in charge of it who didn't really know what they were doing, i.e. NCAA, NFL. Um, they couldn't figure it out. And, you know, and they, they kept in implementing more rules because they thought that was the way to figure it out. And now 20, 30 years later, we're left with this ridiculous system where, look, I don't, I don't know where people stand on, on, on smoking weed and all that and where your, your feelings are. I know there's a lot of people on both sides of it. But being realistic here, how is smoking weed uh, like, how does that affect your performance positively to the point where if you get caught smoking weed, Hey, you, you, you know, you, you don't get to play. I can understand. And even more so on that, that touched on one of my points was how is smoking weed? And I was a police officer five years. So I feel like strongly one way or the other about it, but this is what I'll say. How does smoking weed worse than taking painkillers that have opioids in it and is literally like diluted heroin. How is that worse? Like I don't, that's their answer is, oh, uh, you can't smoke weed for your achy joints, but we'll shoot you up with Toradol. Like how does that make sense? Well, and that's, you hit on it right there. It's all hypocrisy, right? So a good book I recommend, it's uh, a guy who played in the NFL. His name's Nate Jackson. It's called Slow Getting Up. It's, it's kind of a funny biographical of his couple years in the NFL was a special teams guy, nothing special, but he just talked about how he was just shot up with painkillers all the time, every game and every practice. It just was what you were. And it's just, how is that allowed? How are you allowed and, and not only allowed, but encouraged to take massive amounts of painkilling chemicals, diluted heroin, like you said, pump it into your body, you know, and, and, and things, other things that aren't nearly as harmful are penalized. And look, there were painkillers at, at our, you know, D1AA school that sure. uh, people were taking, you know, in a, some of it was probably uh, controlled by the training staff, no doubt about that. And a lot of it probably wasn't. It was guys self-medicating, uh, you know, and it could be little stuff, right? I, I mean, I knew people that after practice would take handfuls of aspirin. Yeah. You know? it, it, it's so, it's so asinine and it's a real problem, right? And, you know, we, where the NFL and NCAA, they think that they're trying to, I don't know what they're trying to crack down on. They're trying to create some, I feel like, like they just want control. It, it, you're, I think you're exactly right. Cause it, it used to be, a, the idea was competitive advantage, right? You don't want any cheaters, you know, anyone getting unfair advantage. It's like you give them an inch and they're going to take a mile. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and I, we should acknowledge that taking certain painkillers 
and anabolic steroids and other HGH-like substances in an excessive manner over a long period of time can have long-lasting effects on your body. It has been proven that, you know, you're not going to come out the same as you went in. But, but, I think what we're talking about here, whenever we're arguing for or against this, is if you were prescribed these supplements in a competitive environment by an athletic trainer or doctor for the team, and they gave you recommended dosages and the appropriate amount of these things to take, why would why should we not let them take them? Well, and it's even if it's not the trainer, right? If if the team doctor can prescribe me a painkiller, Tordol, like you said, how come I can't go to my personal physician and get a, subs- a prescription for something else? Well, because right? your personal physician isn't uh, approved by the NFL, of course. He's not good enough. Right, exactly. He doesn't. It, it's so bizarre, right? I mean, you know, or over even over counter is even more like we talked about, even more of an issue where you've got, yeah. you know, just there, that's there, there just is asinine, you know, that that that's insane. Yeah. And I mean, you, we've seen it and it affects games every season, right? So you look at Lyle Collins, a tackle for Dallas. He's missed five games. So this is an example of control or he's going to miss five games. He's missed one. So he missed five drug testing appearances, right? When you hear that at face value, my first thought is what an idiot, right? This guy doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. Doesn't know what he's doing. Then, you know, you get more into the story and one of the times the testing that he missed the NFL testing, he was in surgery that day. Another one was a a team excuse absence because their strength and conditioning coach had suddenly died. So the whole team went to a funeral. Now, obviously, it doesn't excuse everything in every circumstance, but still the NFL, what they do is they report we were suspending him for five games because he missed five uh, NFL drug testing events. Well, he really only missed three or two. So whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's not how the NFL or the NCAA, for that matter, works. Right. They try and, like you said, control and and manipulate people to, to force them to to follow whatever asinine set of rules they set forth. Now, I'm not excusing Lyle Collins. He probably should have showed up for at least one of the five that he missed. I'm sure there were a couple yeah. real ones he should have been at. But still, I mean, the fact that you're going to publicly say he missed five when two of them were obviously excused for really. It's just like slander at that point. Yeah. It's, it, it, well, I mean, well, that's the point. It's, it's like turning public opinion. And I think that's what it is, right? They try and paint some of these athletes, you know, oh, well, you know, the con, you know, you won't get endorsements. The crowd won't like you if you, you know. If, if we, you know, so don't take, you know, Clydal, Ortal, Mexitol, Latin, or some other yeah. multisyllabic word that no one knows what the heck it is, because everyone will hate you for it. That's not the case. Sean Merriman got caught and he got suspended. He's still loved. He's a great player. Seems I to be a great a guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he's a Maryland guy. He, you see uh, Sean Merriman jersey still around here uh, even Lights today. Lights out, baby. Oh, yeah. Big deal, right? Yeah. So, I mean. It, it, it's it's really a shame. I mean, and, and I think that's a great segue into my argument of okay, Sean Merriman was taking anabolic steroids, and he was incredible to watch. He was an electric player. He was getting like 14, 15 sacks a season. You know, uh, he was electric on that Chargers team. And this is my argument. Wouldn't you want, as the NFL, wouldn't you want your players to perform at their highest level possible. Like, don't you want the most exciting version of this game that we can get? Don't you want them to run faster, jump higher, be, you know, more disruptive in the pass rush game? You know, 
I don't see why we're holding them back here. I mean, there might be there, there's two sides of every coin, but this is my argument for it. Like, why why wouldn't you not want that? And also on the cannabinoid based products, why don't you want your guys to take a supplement? You know, uh, legalities aside, if it's legal in their state or whatever the case may be. Why do you want them to not take a supplement that is leaps and bounds better for their body than taking these opioid-based pills? Uh, and also, on the uh, amphetamines and things like that, there's like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of college kids every year that take Adderall, Vyvanse, any kind of you know amphetamine-stimulant-based thing uh, to do well on their tests and do things like that. We're not talking about that. We're not, you know, drug testing every college kid in America because, and that'd be much harder to do. But you know, it's not. There's, they seem to be fine. Right. You know, I, I think there was a story or or a book I read not long ago. It was, I think it was at these Wall Street firms or law, big law firms or something like that, where all of the junior lawyers or whatever, they're all on Adderall all the time. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Like, you know, and obviously, you know, you, and it's not just them, right? There's stories of, you know, uh, bartenders or whatever, just because just it helps them perform better to, to meet the demands of their job. Now, obviously, there are health decisions and ramifications that go with that. But at the same time, you know, if that person hopefully got a prescription and did it the right way and did it yeah, for yeah, right yeah, medical yeah. reasons, why should we prevent them from that? You know, like you said, like, whether it's a CBD-based product or, or, or something else, you know, that their doctor or, or their medical practitioner has said, hey, this would be a good choice for you. Why is the NFL not allowing it? It, it doesn't make any sense if it's going to, A, be good for their personal health and B, you know, not harm their performance on the field. And the, the uh, to go a little bit further until we get into the next part, we might talk about some players. Um, the marijuana thing's a joke anyways, because they start <laughs> testing on 420 and they absolutely knew what they were doing when they did that. April 20th is a start date. And once you get tested, you don't get tested again. They know, they're like basically saying, okay, pass this test. Let's go through the dance. Then you can do whatever you want for the rest of the season. Right. It's all about optics. That's all they care about, right? It, it's just the appearance of look how clean and immaculate and how. Then don't test them for it and then don't tell anyone about it. They won't know. Yeah. Right. You know, no one it, asks, it, hey, where's the marijuana test? Well, yeah, it's not like no one goes back to 1980 or whatever and says, hey, did you guys know uh, what Lawrence Taylor was on? Or, hey, was Joe Montana taking painkillers? Like, nobody cares. They were still big stars and big fans. No one whatever wants to know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, whatever they did to their bodies, that was their choice, right? So that's that's their decision to make. And hopefully they made good decisions for their own personal health. But why does the NFL care so much about that optic? I, I don't get it. I mean, it, especially since it creates more bad news than good news, right? Yeah. Why is, why is Josh Gordon? I mean, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. We talk about players. I mean, like, Josh how many times has he been suspended? Like 50? Like, it's, like six, it's been like six, right? It's almost like the NFL lawyers are like, well, I mean, at this point, it's it's like the, to me, I, it's kind of like the Fast and Furious series, right? You know, at this point, they're kind of stuck. Like, they just well, need we some might, news. Yeah, we just we might as well get 10 or 11 now. You know, might as well make 10 or 11 movies. Just now. keep them out, man. If you can't, it, just keep them out. It's, it's getting ridiculous. Just keep yeah. them out. You know, yeah. and then uh, like other players, this one, like you. So here's my three bad examples, okay, of players who maybe this role is for. Josh Gordon, he clearly has some problems and he can't, he can't. Everyone else seems to be able to do it, but he can't. 
Alden Smith with the DUIs. He he clearly had a, a problem. He go out drinking every night and he had like what three DUIs? Yeah, and like a least? really in a really short period. It was of like time. in a, a few months, like a month or two. Yeah, and, and then my other ones like Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, he. And didn't Marinovich go down the same path? Yeah. Didn't he get addicted to drugs as well? Yeah, the, the quarterback, RoboKiwi. Yeah. Yeah. So all those guys may be reasons for this. The reasons against are, like you brought up, Romanowski. He was a crazy linebacker, but he probably made the game a little bit more exciting. Sean Merriman. Uh, and I put Ray Lewis on here because of the deer antler velvet spray, whatever that is. This is how ridiculous it is. They have to get so creative to get outside the box. What is deer antler velvet spray? No one knows. Right. Like I'm of the mind right now, like the NFL looking at Brady right now, I, I would bet a hundred dollars with you, Mize, that avocado ice cream will be next thing added to the, uh, the yeah. banned substance list. It's like, inflammation benefits are too good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. any, uh, what do they call the, the juice with all the, uh, the nutrients it's got, um, I forget. It's got like the super fruit or whatever it is, but yeah, those oh, are like be... a guava or, or like, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it's, those are, those are too good. It's an yeah. unfair competitive advantage. Actually, they're, they're you just subs. have to eat ice cream and Snickers bars because any other healthy foods, too much of a competitive advantage. Too much of an advantage. Too much no of steak, advantage. nothing. Yeah. We're talking about actual steak this time. Yeah. For those of you in Knoxville, now we're actually talking about meat. So yes, real steaks, real steaks. You have anything else to add to that? I think that was good. I think we got got a lot of information on it. Do you have any other last topics we can riff on? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the big thing, right, is the NFL just needs to do a better job of identifying those at risk and getting them what they need and making sure you're not hurting everybody else just doing something that's their own health decision at the meantime. I think that's a big thing. Like find that five, 10% of players who need the help and get them the help they need and don't kick them out and, 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 and don't kick them to the curb and put them in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, and then make sure you just don't get away, don't get in the way of, you know, good players, good dudes who, you know, somehow took an over, over the counter, you know, GNC product. And now they have to miss four games. Yeah. I think there needs to be a level of balance. Like some things probably should be banned. Other things is crazy. So we need to get back to neutral. We're way, way, way off the deep end right now. We yeah. need to reel it back in. There's probably a, a nice balance somewhere where, yeah, that should be banned. No, that's crazy. This shouldn't be banned. What even is that? Nobody knows what that is. There needs to be a balance. Yeah, definitely. All right. You want to move on to our worst to first? Yeah, let's get at it. Let's, uh, let's rank the uh, four to one teams in the uh, NFC North, right? That's who we got this week. Yes. All right. Why don't you uh, why don't you get us going, Miles? Who you got it for? At four. And this is a little bit okay. So news has broken today. Actually, uh, has changed. Um, they are starting Justin Fields today, but he is not the starter. So my point still stands. I have the Bears in last place. Until the Bears name Justin Fields as the starter, I'm not going to acknowledge them as a team because they're making dumb decisions. Andy Dalton is not the answer. They have a couple of athletes at receiver on offense, and they've got a running back who's decent. They've got some strong pieces on defense. But Dalton's not going to get them anywhere. They need to just go ahead and get Fields out there. I think they said game four. Well, you're putting him in game three. Just name him the starter for the rest of the season. It's stupid. 
yeah, I, I think if he's your guy, commit to him at this point. If he's not your guy, don't play him, right? At this point, I, I know Dalton's hurt. And that's why he's in the game. You might as well just commit to him. He's your guy. Um, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with, I think, one of my biggest disappointments this year. That's the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this is a talented team, right? You got Jefferson at wide receiver. You got Rudolph. You got a great running back in Dalvin Cook. Good yep. players on defense. This is a good team. I thought they're 0-2, right? They were disappointing last year. They're disappointing this year. You know, they play good against good teams and they still lose. Case with Arizona, they missed the field goal at the end. They, they lose a lot bad of close games. games. I'm sorry? They lose a lot of close games. They lose a lot of close games. But it doesn't matter if they're playing good or bad teams, right? They lost to Cincinnati week one. Yeah, that's just embarrassing. It's They just find a way to lose games. I mean, Zimmer was a good coach or seemed to be a good coach for a while for that team. I don't know what to make of Kirk Cousins. I'm disappointed in the Vikings. They're at my number four. Who you got at number three? Uh, this one is interesting, okay? I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, this might be against the rules, but I have a tie. Uh, I couldn't Soccer. pick between. I'll, I'll say one of the t- teams in the tie right now, okay? But I do have a tie, so I won't. I won't reveal. But I'll only go with one. Uh, so I have a tie right now. I have the Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jared Goff looks decent. He looks decent. T.J. Hawkinson looks great. Looks like a bona fide weapon. Maybe he's like the next Gronk one day. He grows in. He has a better quarterback, better team. He's like a almost Calvin Johnson-esque on that team. He's great talent wasted by mediocre talent around him. Uh, DeAndre Swift's hurdle last week uh, over uh, the Green Bay defender made me a believer. I was like, ah, that guy's got some talent. So that, it, was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Um, so that's why I got them tied for second right now, which is really third, but you get the point. So I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone who thought this was an American football show. Um, my co-host has decided to bring in ties, which is not an American football. It's a European football thing. So we can go ahead and apologize to everyone for that. Luckily, I don't have a sister. <laughs> there you go. Uh, my number three, I, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of with you on this with the Bears. I think they looked awful against the Rams. I think they looked bad against Cincinnati. Uh, if it weren't for Joe Burrow having the worst game of his life, Cincinnati probably beats the Bears in uh, in Soldier Field. Absolutely. Dalton doesn't look good. I, Fields, I mean, he came into the game, did not play well, completed 6 of 13 through a terrible pick. I, I think the Bears are bad. I think they're, they're disjointed. They have players and positions. I think Nagy and, and GM Ryan Pace have wasted a, a good roster potentially. I, I think this is going south fast. I got the Bears at number three. Okay, well, if you want me to make some choices here, my other team in the tie is the Vikings. Right now, right now, I have the Lions edging out the Vikings, but barely. So the Lions would be here. So I'll roll back to my three, which would be the Vikings. The offense is great. Tons of weapons on the offense. Huge, huge point-getting offense. Uh... I've been disappointed. I do understand they have a lot of like COVID list, injury list players, but they lost to the Bengals. And they lost to the Cardinals. And they were almost there. They just had to make a kick. All they had to do was make a kick. <sighs> They're just disappointing. Like, I think the talent is there. Is can they put it together? They just look so disappointing. It just really let me down 
Like, I I like them because they're another purple team, but I don't know. They they kind of just, I don't know what the problem is. So I, I think you brought up the right uh, terminology there is disappointment. So when I thought of this division, I think of the Kardashian family. And I think there's there's three Kardashians no one wants anything to do with, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm into now the uh, Kim Kardashian, the, sec- the, the best of the worst, right? We got a bunch of disappointments and I'm going Detroit, right? And it's not because Reggie Bush played for Detroit. I'm not making that link there, but good on me for a pop culture reference. But anyway, I think they're playing hard, right? They, they came back all gangbusters against San Francisco, played re- well enough to at least be competitive, had a chance at the end to tie. They were with Green Bay on the road for a while. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got some guys. I think they're playing hard. I, I think they just can't get out of their own way. I mean, we saw Monday Night Football. They had some dumb turnovers, a couple dumb penalties. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think they're good. I think they're just – I'm just so disappointed right now in Minnesota. But they're better than the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah, they're better they're, than We're the not Bears ranking them versus everyone. We're just ranking them versus their division. So they yeah, may not be good, but they're better than the other ones. Exactly. And I think that's how, uh, I think that's, that, that's how I view him anyway. So I guess in, in the grand scheme of things, we both have it the same way. Uh, number one clearly is green Bay. Aaron Rodgers looks all the way back. Uh, Devonte Adams looked good and limited usage, but he still looks strong. Uh, there's that beautiful back shoulder throw, uh, that Rodgers made to Adams for a huge gain. Uh, Aaron Jones, T- red zone touchdown machine. Is he their main red zone target now? I guess he looked to get every pass in the red zone. You know, it, it, it's, it, you know, you teams have to take away Adams, right? So he hits the tight end for one of them and he hits Jones for three more. Right. So I think, you know, the Packers, it's just, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? That's what it is. Although I've got my stat of the week for you that Jordan love is undefeated in games he's appeared in. So with that in mind, I think Jordan Love should probably play a whole lot more uh, based on that. Statistic. I think Aaron Rodgers should probably look out. I think I think he should. But in all seriousness, right? I mean, it's Rodgers' world. He made, a, like you said, that throw to Adams was backbreaking. His, his control of the game, I am still amazed. I'm sure you saw it in the game. The number of times he catches defense is substituting. Oh, yeah. He his free playability play is incredible. I, I don't know why defenses don't catch on to this and defensive coordinators don't catch on to it. Look, just play your base defense and tr- or whatever defense you're in and just roll with it. Have like, you know, how a lot of offenses will have a, a like a, a quick play called like, you know, fire, attack, attack, whatever. And mm-hmm. you just run a set play. I don't know why defenders, defenses don't have, hey, we've got a set play on third down, you know, we're running cover four and we're just rushing four. And if they hit a play and get a first down, hey, so be it. But you're just giving Rodgers basically free plays all of the time. He's been doing it forever. I don't know why defenses don't catch on, but he's, he's great. The, he's literally the master. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, it's, he's, he's he converts so many times. It's unbelievable. It, right. It, it, it's like. It's weird. So I think we talked about Herbert earlier and Herbert's playmaking ability. It's it's like Rodgers' control of the game. It's like he's playing Madden, right? So he's got like video game control of audibles and situations and things like that. But he also has maybe the best arm talent in the NFL. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's unbelievable what he what he's done. I mean, I really think he's he's 99% of that team, and they're going to win the division. They're going to win it going away. I mean, they're number one. We both agree, and I don't think there's any real argument with that. No, no. All right, so we got Green Bay, Lions, Vikings, Bears, in that order. Um, moving on to our 
top five players, 25 and under. So, our, I think we agreed that, uh, if is it the hit 25 and that's it? Or, I mean, no, I already picked my guys, so it's okay. Yeah, so we're, we're going to say that if at this time of this show, if you're 25 years old plus 364 days, 23 hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds, you count. So, okay. That's our rule for this week's top five. All right. And side note to everybody. I'll go ahead and say I believe that Lamar Jackson is my number one. But for posterity's sake, I have left him off of my list because I want it to be more interesting. I thought it was too predictable. And so as a fan, I have removed myself from making that decision. And uh, But I'll, I'll leave that as the caveat. So don't think that I am neglecting him. Um, you may put him on your list. Who knows? And we also have our honorable mention pick as well, but we're going to start as number at number five. Would you like to start this time? Yeah, I'll get going. This is Josh Allen, right? Quarterback in Buffalo. I mean, physical specimen. We all saw it uh, early year in early years in the NFL. Um, really, really raw. Really, really wild. He's gotten better, right? Threw for forty five hundred yards, thirty seven touchdowns last year. Took him to the AFC Championship game. You know, he took him to the playoffs the year before that, too. I think he's a good player, right? Really good player. I think the best thing about Allen is how he fits in with that team and that city and that culture. Oh, he he's kind of Buffalo. Yeah. When I, I think it's like a perfect fit, right? Where it's just all he wants to do is like eat wings and play football. Like he's and like every tables. other and break tables. Like, like I'm pretty sure Josh Allen like would gladly like switch places with the fan like a couple games of the year. Yeah. And I'm sure if they played the Jets, the Bills would win anyway. So they may yeah, actually all they do is hand it off. Exactly. But that's who I got at number five. Who you got? Uh, so I I picked – I did a little, like, mix. I wanted to get a good mix of offensive-defensive guys in here. So my number five is Jair Alexander of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I believe he's really grown into a strong lockdown corner, especially last year. And the stat I have for him that really stood out, whether you love him or hate him, I think that some things they do are – predictive of success but uh pff has him rated at 90.5 one of the highest rated corners last season uh he's really grown into a great player um and that's why i put him in my number five slot yeah good good pick good player uh doesn't get a lot of press but yeah definitely good corner out there in green bay so at number four i got a guy i know you really like and it's dk metcalf right i mean Really good first two years in the league. Took a big step last year in his second year. Explosive guy. Extremely big, extremely strong, extremely fast. Loves uh, to take his shirt off. Loves to take his shirt off. Um, you know, I mean, who really doesn't? But uh, he's probably one of the few people where the rest of America maybe doesn't complain. My my but, uh, favorite clip of all time is when he walks into the office without his shirt off and uh, Pete, Pete Carroll takes his shirt off. <laughs> it's like the so, alpha move. So I think the best part about it, I think that was the first time you met Pete Carroll face-to-face, right? Yeah. So imagine showing up to a job interview with your shirt off, and you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's this is me. Get used to it. Yeah. But I Love mean, it. Love it or leave it, baby. <laughs> Get out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's my number four. He's a good fit with Russell Wilson. So I, I like him there in Seattle. I think he's had a good start to his career. All right. My number four pick, uh, first quarterback on my list, Kyler Murray. Uh, I believe Murray has given that Arizona offense an injection of electricity into the arm. They're electric when he's behind the ball, and they've he's become a 
much-needed place of stability at quarterback for Arizona. They went through a lot of guys lately the past couple seasons. They were in and out of different quarterbacks. Uh, Rosen wasn't. They drafted Rosen thinking he was the guy, and then that whole debacle happened. Before him, I believe, you know, there's a couple other guys, and they had, like, Kevin Cole, but they just haven't had a lot of stability, and I think that's what Murray brings to the position. Uh, and he's like a little video game, like you. We said Roger. He's like a video game player behind the ball. He can do whatever he wants, uh, running around. The last two seasons, he's put up you know thirty seven hundred and thirty nine hundred yards in the season, respectively, as well as twenty and twenty six touchdowns. Um, he's really, I think, turning into one day be a superstar of the league. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely a really exciting player. And, you know, I kind of didn't realize this, but I think going down my list, I think I kind of paired, uh, you know, total opposites here with my number three. So we talked about number four, DK Metcalf walking around with his shirt off. Here's another guy that if he was walking around with his shirt off, you wouldn't say anything, not because he looks good, but because this is Quentin Nelson and he will bury you into the ground. Oh, yeah. If you say anything to him. I got Quentin Nelson at number three. We talked about him last week. This guy's an animal. Great guard, great run blocker, great pass blocker. Love watching him play. Plays the whistle, keeps his feet moving. He's an intense, he's a smart guy. You know, he works hard, but he, you can tell he likes to play hard too. I like Quentin Nelson. He's my number three. I probably, it's probably a shame I didn't add him on my list, but, uh, you know, I, I do respect him as a player highly. So I apologize, Quentin. Don't, don't eat me. <laughs> my number three, uh, literally game changing when he switched teams. The light switch cut on. He was great in the first team. When he came over to the second team, he was so he transformed the defense. Minka Fitzpatrick, when he went from Miami to Pittsburgh, incredible. You know, he had nine picks in the last two seasons. He's he is a threat. I see him twice a year. He is a threat lurking back there. Uh, you know, he's a Matt Tyron Matthew type lurker. Back there, he can get you at any point in time. Uh, he can play every. He can play corner. He can play safety. Uh, he just that was a steal from the Dolphins. They made a terrible decision there. Well, and not only can he do it all and play it all, he also creates turnovers, right? In yeah. this day, that's huge. In this NFL game, Tyron Matthews is a great comp for him. That's that's a good pick. I like that. Number two is a guy I hate, but I gotta respect, and that's Chase Young for Washington. And this guy was a defensive rookie of the year last year. He's out of Ohio State. His top five pick is an absolute animal, right? His stats don't tell you how good he is. He has good stats. He had seven and a half sacks last year, three or four uh, forced fumbles, three or four fumble recoveries, even had a scoop and score. Um, good run defender. I think what he brings is energy and excitement. He's got a big motor, he plays the run. He rushes the passer well. He's a great fit for that defense. You talk about a guy like Minka who shows up to a team and suddenly they're a contender, or at least in that week NFC East. I tell you what, Chase Young's that kind of guy. He's my number two. Yeah, and I I agree with you. Um, but we already talked about this. No brainer for me. Number two for me is DK Metcalf. Uh, love the guy. Great receiver. He's on my top five wide receivers list. No brainer for me to put him in here. Uh, he puts up huge numbers. Seahawks offense, obviously. You know, he's a great athlete and the probably biggest combine bust prediction of all time them critiquing his numbers they probably really would like to have that one back so but i won't i won't talk about it too much since we have already really covered him so much who do you got in your top spots so i know mys you wanted to bring him in yours 
I didn't have any biases. I had to check at the door. So I'm going Lamar Jackson, right? This guy is an absolute athletic freak. He's an absolute outstanding leader. He executes that offense they run in Baltimore. It's tailored for him and he executed, executes it like nobody's business. He's got the, he's got the record for rushing yards in a season. He's the first NFL quarterback for quarterback. He's the first NFL quarterback to have 2000 yard seasons back to back. He's going to have it again this year. He, all he does is win, right? No matter what, like he's got money on his mind. He can never get it up. He does have but, money on the mind currently, but right. You know, he's 31 and eight as a starter, all joking aside, the guy puts up 30 points a game and in, in the games he played in, he goes in right when he started right there, 500 team Flacco stinks. They're not doing well at Flacco. They make the playoffs next year. They go 14 and two last year. They make the playoffs again, win a playoff game. They just beat arguably the best team in the AFC in Kansas city. Yep. This is a, this is a good team because of Lamar Jackson. They're a solid team. They're a decent team because of Harbaugh and the staff, but this team is a contender because of Lamar. He's 24 years old. He's only going to get better as a passer. He is the best player in the NFL, 25 and younger. Not to convince me, but, uh, and he beat the chiefs with 14 players on the IR. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, if anyone would like to argue about it, I'd say the, uh, you say the Chiefs weren't at their strength. Their Tyron Matthew just got back. They weren't. We didn't have like half our team. So, uh, anyways, uh, I think that's a great pick. Obviously, I would have put him there, but instead put another quarterback up there. We talked about him as well, Herbert Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he's a very special player. Uh, I liked him coming out of Oregon. I thought he was very interesting. Uh, and him coming to the Chargers is a great move because instead of a Bengals or a Jets, he came to a team that had a lot of pieces already. They were slowing down at quarterback with Phillip Rivers, and he wasn't necessarily getting it done anymore. Um, but with all those pieces around the ball everywhere already, he could come in and compete immediately. And he broke the rookie touchdown record. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, and he really hasn't slowed down. Even though he lost to Dallas, that game, you just saw him, like, he made so many good plays. He has a really big clutch factor about him. Obviously, last year as a rookie, threw for over 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns. Uh, just a great player. Yeah, he's already, he started hot. He's got back-to-back 300-yard games, played well against Dallas, made one or two key mistakes. That's the reason they lost. I, I, I tell you what, I, I didn't see a lot of Herbert watching him against Dallas. I am very impressed. This guy is a stud. He is Patrick Mahomes level arm talent. You know, if, if he's playing for the Rams instead of the Chargers, we're talking about him all the time. You know, not some of these other guys in the NFL. I'm really impressed with Herbert. He just missed the cut on my list, uh, making my uh, top five. I had to go with uh, Jackson and, and Allen. Otherwise, it'd be too quarterback heavy, but he's a great player. Oh, yeah. Uh, who do you got at number six? So my honorable, mention. my honorable mention undervalued guy, and that's Nick Bosa, San Francisco, right? He was defensive rookie of the year in 2019. They go to the Super Bowl. They blow the 10-point lead. He's a great player. He comes back uh, in 2020, gets hurt, and like a lot of San Francisco, half their team was hurt, it felt like. They finish out the season in a whimper. He comes back this year. They're 2-0. and He started the year with three sacks in his first two games. The guy's coming back with a vengeance. He's a great player. I don't know who's better between Joey and Nick. I don't know if they know who's better, but I think Nick's a great player. He's my honorable mention. Well, I I will say some to make it easier on myself, I put some rules on my list. One was if you're a rookie this year, I wasn't gonna put you on the list. 
because uh, there's not enough sample size there. Number two is if you were a rookie or in, if you missed a significant amount of a season due to injury, I wasn't going to put you on the list because not enough sample size. But I do agree with you there. Um, so that's why he missed it on my list. Uh, but now my question for you, my honorable mention, who's the best out of these three? Nick, Joey, or Chase Young? My honorable mention is Chase Young for the Washington Redskins. Obviously, you know, we had, had seven and a half sacks last year as a rookie, defensive rookie of the year, perennial stopgap player in that position. He's going to be there forever. Uh, who, out of those three, who do you think's the best? Yeah, I think it's Chase Young. I mean, I, I'm blown away with, by Chase Young as much as it hates because he plays for Washington. Yeah. I think the Bosa brothers are good. I think the Bosa brothers have a little – they're more pass rush specialists. They play the run well, but they're more pass rush guys. Young does everything, and yeah. Young brings just a relentless kind of energy. And and, and just, he doesn't have that injury bug that both the uh, Bosas yeah. seem to have developed in their family somehow. Yeah, not not yet anyway, and hopefully not. Hopefully the Bosas, you know, fight it off and – you know, are able to have long careers without any more injuries. But yeah, he's, I, I would put Chase Young at the top of that list. All right. I think those are a good list. I, I, I don't disagree with any of the players on either one. So no, I um, think, as, I think as usual, Mize, uh, we've proven ourselves to be smarter than uh, everybody else. So yeah. good on us. Good job. If you have a top five that's different than ours, you're obviously wrong. So you're obviously wrong. Don't even, you don't even need to try to argue with us. So moving on to, our last segment, our weekly pick'em. First up, uh, matchups of the week. We've got the Bucks and the Rams. Um, I'll just read what I have written down, and then maybe you can analyze it a little bit more. Um, I said this game really has all the makings of a classic thriller, just like that Rams Chiefs game a couple of years ago. That was an absolute shootout, but maybe a little bit different. These are two win-now teams. Uh, they have high-powered offenses, stout defenses, and while the Bucks went down to the wires with the Cowboys, they made short work of a bad Falcons team. The Rams ran away from the Bears, and they also had a close call with the Colts. Um, I'll tell you who I think is going to win after you give your piece, but I think this should be a fairly good game. Yeah, so I yeah, I think this is a this is like you said, it's shaping up to be a just a bout. I mean, I've been wrong on on the Rams. I thought they were gonna be a slow starting team. They've started hot, they've started fast. Stafford, McVay have gelled. So I think to me, I, I kind of look at last year's Rams game, uh, Rams Bucks game where the Rams upset Tampa and Tampa. And I think a big part of that is Aaron Donald, that Rams D line, right? We know Brady's weakness is pressure in his face. He can't move at all now. You know, Antonio Brown is in the COVID protocols right now. They've, they're a healthy team, but, you know, I think there may be a little. Mike Evans is kind of a slow start. I, I, th- I think offensively they've relied a lot on their defense getting turnovers and making big plays from Godwin and Gronk. I think, the you know, with a guy like Ramsey and, you know, getting some pressure in, in uh, Brady's face from Donald, I, I, I really like the Rams here. I think matchup-wise stopping the Bucks, And I think Stafford, I mean, Stafford's going to put up points. We've seen what they've done the first two games. And let's be honest. I mean, obviously Dallas is a solid offense and Atlanta can score points, but the Bucks defense has not been super dominant. They've been no. good, but they haven't been great. I think the Rams can score some points here. And I think the Bucks have a few issues. Um, I, I'm picking the Rams here. I think the Rams win. I think it's a close one. I think it's a real close one. Could go either way, but I take the Rams here. I think they got the right matchups to win this game. We will see who is right then. Uh, 
I'm just saying that Brady's experience with the team, he, I have it like one point, like I have it like another Dallas Tampa. Like I have just barely edging by the Bucks winning it. Um, yeah. I think the Aryan system, it's got all weapons firing, uh, just a slight edge. Uh, has Don- Donald's not started so quick this year, has he? Well, it's it's hard because he's triple teamed all the time, right? Yeah. Obviously, they've been good defensively. Um, Did <sighs> Brockers left, right? Did he go to the Lions? I don't know exactly, but I mean, they're. I mean, it's really it could be Aaron Donald or almost anybody, right? And they focused, and what the Rams have done, they focused on getting stars, and that's what they got. They got a guy like Ramsey, and they got a guy like. Uh, like Donald and they can Ramsey can take away any receiver the Bucks throughout, which everyone he wants to cover. And Donald will be a game wrecker. I, I, I think Brady's going to have troubles. I really think they're going to have problems moving the football and scoring as much as they've done uh, early on in the season. And I don't think the Bucks defense, I'm sorry, the, the Bucks defense is going to be uh, as up to the task of, of physically dominating the uh, Rams as the Rams defense is going to be the Bucks. So I think, again, we're talking a real close game here. I'm not picking a blowout by any means, but I just think matchup wise, this is shaping up favorably to the for LA. Yeah. Um, and I did look it up. He does play for the Lions now. Yeah. So, but like you said, could he makes anybody on the other side of him a superstar? Um, moving on. Do you want to uh, start the next game? Yeah. So this is the Sunday night game, right? This is so San Francisco Green Bay, right? So this is kind of a in my mind. This is all right. Is San Francisco for real? And does Green Bay have their stuff together? And you know, this kind of goes either way for me. I think this is kind of a, uh, I think Green Bay loses this game. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that roster around Aaron Rodgers. San Francisco has pass rushers. We, we talked about Nick Bosa, right? So they're going to get after Rodgers. I, I think Green Bay's defense has allowed teams to move the ball up and down the field. The Lions moved the ball in Green Bay. They did. Yeah, you know, they, they Goff had some bad turnovers and they had some bad penalties. I think San Francisco is going to move the ball in Green Bay. I think they're going to put up some points. I think Shanahan's going to have a good game plan, as he always does. Um, and they're going to move the ball and score a lot. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is not going to be able to overcome the lack of talent uh, that he has on offense, especially when he's got guys like Bosa and Malcolm Warner at linebacker. Because uh, I think Warner, Aaron Jones, right, linebacker, running back is the key matchup in that game. I think Warner's a better player. I think he wins that matchup because he can cover Jones, right? He can cover Jones and he can tackle him in space. And eliminating Aaron Jones, you know, even Devontae Adams can have a big game. But if they eliminate Aaron Jones, I, I, I think Rodgers is going to be really constrained. I, I think San Francisco wins this game. Okay. Now, these are two differing opinions. Uh, I see what you're saying. Two things have me nervous about the 49ers. They're extremely close game to Philly. Then, uh, their starting running back is out for the season now. Uh, Mostert's out. And they may be a team like Baltimore who can throw in any running back and he's going to do great. But that's yet to be seen. Uh, they didn't put up a ton of points. I think it was like 17, 11, or some, something, like something somewhere around there, uh, the game versus the Eagles. Very tight game against an Eagles team who I wouldn't say is like a juggernaut yet. Uh, I think they have an okay defense. But Hurts on the offense, he has just not, like, proven yet. And I don't think they have, like, really any superstar receivers. So uh, that offense, obviously, they didn't score a lot of points. But they didn't score – the Niners didn't score a lot of points either. So I have the Packers in this game. 
Yeah, I think this is kind of me shaping up a, a lot to maybe be a 24-17 kind of game. I think I think Rodgers is going to get frustrated. I mean, th- we saw Rodgers have some issues and that offense had some issues against Detroit. Um, and San Francisco dropped 40 on Detroit, right? Yeah. So I, I think uh, I, I think Rodgers is going to have some issues against that defense. You know, I, I think uh, I think I trust Garoppolo here, and really I trust Shanahan's offense. I don't really think it matters who plays running back. They had Coleman last year. They had Prada the year before that. Mostert, who's been around, he's hurt. But I think they're going to be fine at running back. I think they're, like you said, good, good analogy to Baltimore. I don't care who they put back there. He's going to be productive, especially with my guy, Trent Williams, at left tackle. I, I think San Francisco has the right matchups. Again, on big matchups this week, I think yeah. Warner on Aaron Jones. I think that's way. like the most important thing in football. Yeah, especially if it's good teams, right? So we talked about Donald, that matchup. Aaron Donald's going to win. That's why I think the Rams are going to win. And I think Warner winning that matchup against Jones is going to be the reason why uh, San Francisco is going to win. It's like the Saints obviously matched up well against the Packers, but Pittsburgh matched up better against the Saints than the Packers did. Right. So, you know. That's the tale of the games. That's why a team like Pittsburgh, who we would think isn't, the Packers are a much better team than they are, but yet they can beat the Saints, and the Saints beat the Packers. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'll go ahead and give you my game to watch for the week, my underdog matchup of the week. I picked the Washington football team versus the Bills. Uh... I think this is a prove-it game for both of them. Washington uh, uh, is, is it Heineke? Is yeah. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Heineke. Is, is Heineke their guy? Should they stick with him? Uh, is this team the real deal? Are these wins uh, circumstantial? Did they just squeak by? Or are they a contender? Like, are, Is this like a serious team? Then this is for the Bills. Uh was it an early hiccup for them versus Pittsburgh and they actually have it together now? Or are they somewhat exposable in a sense? So I have the bills in this one probably by like a couple, like 14 maybe, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's an interesting matchup. I'm going to stay with an NFC East matchup. I'm going to go uh, the Falcons, who are actually underdogs, according to the line I looked up uh, today, uh, at New York, New York Giants. I, I think this is an opportunity for Atlanta to really show out. I mean, obviously, they they fell apart against uh, uh, against Tampa, and they looked bad against Philly. But I think this is a team with, with, with Kyle Pitts. The more reps he gets, the better they're going to get. Matt Ryan's going to still put up a lot of yards. I, I, I think the Giants have been really disappointing. They blew the game against Washington. They looked really awful against Denver week one. To me, this is shaping up as, well, who do I want more as my quarterback? Do I want Matt Ryan or do I want Daniel Jones? And so far, it's been Matt Ryan. I was really surprised when I looked at the line and I saw that the, the Giants were slight favorites. Both teams are 0-2. I, I, I just trust the Falcons here more. It's not a great matchup. I wouldn't recommend watching it per se if – especially with the, all the other great games on. But if you're looking for a, an underdog to pick out a win this week, I think you go with Atlanta. And another great game. Uh, just not – we don't have to dive into it too deep because uh, we're we're close on time here. Uh, just who do you think is going to win the Chargers-Chiefs? I think the yeah, Chargers so could maybe pull it out. They I think line it's up be, well with them. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Chargers, like I said, they're going to – 
you know, they're a good team. Herbert's a, a great guy, makes all the throws, great quarterback. I think for me, the Chargers are a team that could win seven games and be one of the top 10 teams in the NFL. I think they play a brutal schedule. I think they're really, really good. They're just not quite good enough to figure out the ways to win. They got a first-year coach. They still got a young quarterback who's a phenom. I think Kansas City, after a loss, I think they're going to come back motivated. I think this looks like a Kansas City win. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be really competitive. And we're going to see two great quarterbacks duke it out. All right. Another great show, as always. We always, as always, are trying to adapt and make our show as pleasing for the viewer as possible. Uh, so if you have any feedback, please comment below. Uh, whatever. Uh, we're on Apple Podcast now. We're on Spotify. We are on YouTube. Uh, look for us at Saturday Morning Inspection on all of those. So just type in Saturday Morning Inspection. You'll find us. Uh, you can find us on our website, smishow.com. Every episode will be posted there, and we will have links to every every other platform that we are on. Um, another great episode, Nick. I'm excited. We'll see what happens this week, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. I'm excited. Good show.